Welcome to the Minor and Landis Immigration Update Podcast for June 20th, 2021. The podcast for immigration professionals and employment-based foreign nationals who want to keep up with breaking news in the world of immigration in about 10 minutes or less. This week, we're going to give you an outline of the essential elements to successfully respond to a boilerplate or kitchen sink L1A RFE. Now, this article was written by minor immigration partner Lynn Walker. She has over 20 years of experience researching and responding to challenging cases like the ones I'm about to describe. So sit back and get ready for a wild ride in the world of RFEs. In other words, how to get through a difficult request for evidence and get your application approved. As many immigration practitioners, U.S. employers, and their foreign national employees may already know, there seems to be an increase in the number of requests for evidence, or RFEs, issued in connection to L-1A petitions for multinational managers and executives. Nowadays, it seems that filing an L-1A petition with a request for premium processing service or converting a pending case to premium processing meaning that USCIS is required to issue a decision within 14 calendar days, almost guarantees the issuance of an RFE, not an approval. Historically, the rate of RFE issuance for L1 petitions has been high, with the second quarter of fiscal year 2020 seeing more than 53% of L1 petitions receiving RFEs. However, since January 2021, it seems that the RFE rate has increased dramatically. Now, while it's true that we can very much learn from our mistakes, and should, in this case, we're going to give you the benefit of what we learned from two recent successes. We're going to talk about two extensive L1A RFEs that we were able to get approved. And through the process of responding to these RFEs, we learned some key points, which we believe resulted in these specific cases being approved, but which can be applied to many similar cases. The first RFE, was for an L1A extension for an information technology manager, and the second RFE was for an initial L1A classification for a pharmaceutical manufacturing director. Both RFEs are what we sometimes call the boilerplate or kitchen sink type of RFE, where it seems that the USCIS officer did not review any part of the original filing and requested evidence and documentation already submitted to establish that the employment abroad and in the United States qualified as managerial roles. Some of that evidence included organizational charts, the resumes of direct reports, the payroll of direct reports, and evidence that the beneficiary has or will supervise professional, managerial, or supervisory direct reports, have the authority to hire and fire or recommend those, as well as other personnel actions, and exercise discretion over the day-to-day operations of the activity or function for which they have authority. Well, these were things we had already submitted. Moreover, the RFEs contained conclusions or requirements not listed in the regulations. For example, in both cases, the offered role in the United States required the managers to supervise a team of professionals in the United States and abroad. The RFE stated, quote, The petition appears to indicate the beneficiary's proposed position as manager of a department or component with two staff members with other staff of the component overseas. However, this may not be sufficient for eligibility for L classification. End quote. 
We felt that was a misunderstanding of the regulations, and I'll explain how we rectified that in a bit. So to respond to these RFEs, we must remember to keep in mind our audience. By that I mean, as a writer, as any kind of communicator, the needs of our audience must be foremost in our thoughts as we create. In this case, it's the needs of the harried, overworked USCIS adjudicating officers who have to review mountains of paperwork, just like ours, every day. This is our audience, and in fact our gatekeeper, so we must be sensitive to their workload and be sure to make our case as boldly, cleanly, and completely as possible if we want to get an approval. So for these two cases, in addition to providing the same supporting evidence as filed with the initial petition, we provided the following information and documentation. 1. First we created a detailed index of exhibits, which listed all of the documentary evidence being filed in response to the RFE, organized by exhibit and listing the section of the regulation that the evidence satisfied. For an example, an organizational chart of the U.S. position would show that the beneficiary will be employed in a managerial role in satisfaction of the specific L1A regulations. This is a critical checklist of the requirements and the corresponding regulations provided in an easy-to-read format that reduces the work of the officer in determining if our petitioner meets all requirements. 2. We included a detailed employment verification letter from the employer abroad, stating how the beneficiary's employment satisfies the definition of managerial employment as defined in L1A regulations. 3. We got a detailed response letter from the U.S. employer, which we feel is also a strong exhibit, stating how the beneficiary's proffered role in the United States satisfies the definition of managerial employment as defined in L1A regulations. Now, you may not want to reach out to the employers and give them more work to do in writing these letters, but in our experience, it can really help, and in the long run, they will thank you. Four, we also took the time to write a legal brief in response to the RFE, which included several parts. A, for extensions, where USCIS previously approved an L1A petition for the same U.S. employer and beneficiary, we included a recitation of the USCIS deference memo. On April 27, 2021, USCIS confirmed that it would again give deference to prior determinations of eligibility by an officer when adjudicating a request for an extension of petition validity. Under this policy, quote, USCIS gives deference to prior determinations when adjudicating extension requests involving the same parties and facts unless there was a material error, material change in circumstances, or in eligibility, or new material information that adversely impacts the petitioner's, applicant's, or beneficiary's eligibility." End quote. B. Also included is a statement of the standard of review, which is the preponderance of the evidence standard. This means that if the claim is probably true, or more likely than not, the applicant or petitioner has satisfied the standard of proof. C. There's a recitation of the relevant statute in the Immigration and Nationality Act, INA, and the L1A regulations. D. We added a discussion of how each piece of evidence listed in our exhaustive index of exhibits satisfied the definition of managerial employment as defined in L1A regulations. 
and e we made sure to clarify any misinterpretation of law and or fact made in the RFE. For instance, our RFE stated, quote, the petition appears to indicate the beneficiary's proposed position as manager of a department or component with one staff member, with other staff of the component overseas. However, this may not be sufficient for eligibility for L classification, end quote. We pointed out that there is nothing in the regulations or in the INA that requires a manager's direct reports to be located in the United States. So the RFE's above language and interpretation of the regulations is not supported by law. Specifically, the regulations require that L1 petitions be filed with evidence, quote, that the alien will be employed in an executive, managerial, or specialized knowledge capacity, including a detailed description of the services to be performed, end quote. We pointed out that the regulations define managerial capacity as including an individual who, quote, supervises and controls the work of other supervisory, professional, or managerial employees, or manages an essential function within the organization, or a department or subdivision of the organization, end quote. The regulations only state one requirement for subordinates, that they be supervisory, professional or managerial employees. There is absolutely no requirement that the subordinates have to be located in the United States. We think it is clear that given the global nature of the U.S. employer's business, and in fact most multinational businesses in today's economy, it's quite normal to have subordinates and teams located throughout the world. We firmly believe that including the above documentation and information and just putting in the extra effort resulted in both cases being approved by USCIS, much to the delight of our clients. So as you can see, L1A RFEs are very complex and challenging as there are many issues that must be assessed. It is critical not to overlook any particular issue as it can have a detrimental effect on the outcome of the case. Accordingly, we highly recommend that U.S. employers and foreign nationals contact a qualified attorney for a consultation as soon as such an RFE is received so that the attorney may review the RFE and determine what information and documentation are required to proceed. Thanks for listening.